The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 329 and uh, yeah, this is my third live interview of the week. It's been a busy week for Jonas, it really, really has. And this is my final interview for the month of October before we start uh, the month of November, of course, which is celebrating five years of Wrestling with Jonas. Uh, but today I've got an awesome guest uh, none other than uh, hot off of uh, three months of training with uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard, no less. Uh, the all-star, Ruby Manitoba. Ruby, uh, it's awesome to have you on the show. How are you doing this evening? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. <laughs> Great to have you on the show. Um, I know you're you're an incy, tinsy, wincy, a little bit nervous because this is your first podcast appearance, I understand. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of talking, but like I said <laughs> to you just then, I talk fast, so... And a lot, so it's good, it's good. <laughs> You're going to be absolutely fine. And if you want to get in touch with the show tonight, you can do. We're, of course, streaming live across Facebook Live, YouTube and Twitch. So get in touch with the show. If you want to get in touch with the show, send your questions through for uh, Ruby Manitoba. You can do. Uh, just uh, ping them through to us using your chosen device, and we do our very best during the course of this interview to answer every single question. We'll just bring them up live on screen. Uh, but uh, just a quick reminder of some of my recent guests. And uh, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, this is my uh, final interview of the month of October, uh, the eighth interview in the month of October, um, and it kick-started with uh, somebody that Ruby knows very well, Jordan Sparks. <laughs> Um, what similar to Ruby, straight from three months of training with JPWA over in Tennessee. Uh, fantastic conversation with jo uh, Jordan Sparks. Please go and check that one out on my YouTube channel today. I uh, had former WWE uh, NXT and 205 Live announcer, sports broadcaster, um, and uh, renowned comic Johnny Laquasto joined me just a few weeks ago. And of course, Shah Samuels was another guest that I had in the month of October, uh, followed by JJ Gale, a really, really fun uh, interview with JJ. And I've seen a fair bit of him in 2023, one of the hottest prospects on the UK scene. Go and check that one out. Get a full insight into what JJ Gale is all about. Uh, recent interviews have included... Mila Schmidt, uh, one of the uh, uh, brightest talents on the European scene. Um, she is the bout collector of European wrestling. Go and check out my interview with Mila Schmidt. And this week, as I said, the week kick-started uh, with Scott Garland, Scotty Too Hotty, coming back onto the show for the second time almost a year to the day when he was last on the show, uh, talking to us live about his up-and-coming UK and European tour that's taking place through the month of November and December. Go and check that one out. And also this interview, has, it's got a bit of worldwide press being picked up by all the famous uh, big wrestling news outlets from around the world uh, so go and check that one out find out what all the uh, what all the hype is about and more recently just a few days ago i spoke to ivy we spoke about bout collectors of uh, european wrestling ivy is picking up some uh, gold around the uk it's a really fun conversation with the with the definitely not karen of the uk wrestling scene and uh, before we speak to ruby uh, i mentioned last week this is my lineup for the month of november Awesome artwork from uh, Elliot93. Thank you very much, Elliot. And of course, we got Lana Rostin, Moth Martina, Kira Chimera, Tom Scarborough, renowned referee, of course. Uh, Dirty Dango will be joining us at the end of November. Uh, Nico Angelo, Leon Cage, and of course, world of sport legend, British wrestling legend, Johnny Saint will be. Uh, well, I've already recorded a two part interview with Johnny Saint. I, I went to Johnny's home a couple of weeks ago where we had a really, really brilliant hour long conversation. Please hit subscribe wherever you're watching this, especially on YouTube, uh, and you'll be able to catch all of those in the month of November. But today, it's all about that, that young lady there, Ruby Manitoba, the all-star. And uh, firstly, and I think we alluded to this earlier on, but um, you're back in the UK now, three months over in the States, three mo months over in Tennessee, training with... Uh, one of the very best coaches in the whole world, Dr. Tom Pritchard at uh, JPWA in Tennessee. Um, I've got to ask you, how is kind of life getting back to normal, being back in the UK? I'm guessing that you're missing being over in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, the first thought is just it's cold and wet here and mm. like horrible. But, but 
be back. It's nice to see sort of Eddie Ryan and we popped down to the New Wave Girls session. Um, was it yesterday? It's very recent. Um, but it's, yeah, it's nice to see everyone back here. But obviously I do I do miss Tennessee. I'm definitely like a summer, summer girl. <laughs> yeah, I can understand why. I can understand why. And of course, uh, a little bit of a, a, a graphic promoting where you were going, the dates that you were going to be out there for. There you are with the gang. <laughs> Jordan, yourself sitting on the steps of your accommodation while you're out there and a picture of uh, the four of you <laughs> and himself in the centre, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Um, but uh, I've, got, I've got to ask you, um, it, it was obviously a, a life-changing experience being out there. How would you describe in a nutshell your, your time out there? Um, kind of, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, it warms your heart and fills you with tons of good memories. Yeah, I mean, it's quite hard to describe in a nutshell. Um, there were so many different aspects to being out there that were like fantastic. Um, obviously, the training with Dr. Tom was like insane. He would, like, the training itself was like quite repetitive. I wouldn't say basic, but you know, you'd, you'd repeat lots of drills. It was difficult because we were in, I don't know what degree he sweating. It was, yeah, it was not easy. But um, yeah. the training itself with Doc was fantastic. And then you'd get into the part where he'd just tell some fantastic stories or tell jokes, which mostly weren't very funny jokes, but, like, you'd laugh because he was laughing. Um, Something about liking strawberries and fishing. What's that all about? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it made sense. <laughs> so, obviously, there's quite a few different styles of wrestling out there um you have sort of the british style and you have the american style um and like AEW and wwe and doc would always say i've got to remember it word by word now that's right doc, yeah doc could always say i like fish i like strawberries but when i go fishing i put worms on my hook not strawberries because Fishes don't like strawberries. Okay. So it's essentially saying you you've got to do what you gotta to do to get the crowd uh what they want. Um yeah, that and that's sense. that's yeah. something that he would say. I think he forgot how many times he told us it. It was at least weekly. Oh brilliant, brilliant. And um uh, when you first heard the news that you were going out there, that you were gonna spend three months with Dr. Tom Pritchard at JPWA in Tennessee. Uh, what were your reactions when you first found out that this was a reality, that this was happening? I mean, it was quite like a gradual build, you know. Really? We'd, yeah, we'd been like planning it for a while and then it was trying to get like everything sorted because obviously going to America is like a big ordeal with all the fancy airport stuff. Um, so I didn't really believe it until we sort of got there and you got off the plane and it's boiling um, and you're sort of like, well, I suppose I'm here for a while then, but that, like very, very, very happy. It was, it was amazing. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and being out there, tell us about a, a typical day then. Uh, so, what, what would you do? Would you be training most or every day with Dr. Tom and and uh, give us a bit of insight into your typical day, um, both before, during, and after a session with uh, JPWA? So, um, on his twelve week course, which is the one we did. Um, you train from 6 till 10 every night, Monday to Friday. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday is like a day off, day for shows. So I'm not going to lie, we would get up pretty late. <laughs> um, if you can have a lion, you've got to have a lion. But yeah, we'd get up pretty late. We would have breakfast, go to the gym, eat some more food, and go to training. Um, obviously, we'd do some fun um, touristy stuff when we could. But it was it was very eat and train most of the time. Absolutely. And uh, let's see, I've got a picture here of you you sitting under the learning tree <laughs> of Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, I think you were there, possibly in the green. Uh, not quite sure. Possibly next to Echo there. We can just about make out Echo. But um, it must have been a bit of a kind of a, a surreal experience, kind of sitting in front of somebody that you've probably seen for years on the TV or on DVD or through YouTube um, and uh, kind of soaking in all the knowledge. Uh, but did you adapt to those surroundings and did you adapt to his style of training fairly well yeah so 
so one thing about me is I absolutely adore training. Like I've, I've done it my whole life. I absolutely love training. Um, but the first week we were there, it was it was very much a settling in week. Like everyone was very quiet. Not many personalities were coming out. Um, Dr. Chong would be like asking all the questions and we'd like timidly reply. Um, but then you get to the 12 week mark and he's annoyed with all of us at that point. Um, but yeah, and his, his coaching style is actually uh, pretty similar to Eddie Ryan's, I'd say. It's very sort of drill you on, on what you need to know. And then from there, we can add in whatever else you need. It, it was really like structured, which is, what I like. Yeah. Let me ask you, were there uh, any aspects or or what aspects of the training did you enjoy the most? And were there any aspects of the training that you didn't enjoy as much? What jumps to mind is Wednesday promo class. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so every Wednesday was a two hour, two hour session instead of a four hour session and we would do promo class. And I cannot tell you if I loved it or I hated it. Um, because it's so out of my comfort zone um but it was it was definitely where i think i learned the most and like progressed the most over those 12 weeks um yeah i mean i'm a, I'm a bit crazy i loved sweating in the ring we did we did a body slam drill well it wasn't just a body slam drill but we we did it like what he calls a man in the middle um so you have one person in the middle one each corner of the ring um and you like feed out five times and do like a sequence with, with each person um but the end was a body slam you'd have to give a body slam to every person in the corner so you'd end up giving and taking 36 body slams Ooh. in one yeah. night as well as training as well as the 555 which is a whole ordeal in itself and then you go back the next day although he did get us cupcakes the next day so i was i was happy about that <laughs> very much deserved by the sounds of it so was that your your least enjoyable or your most enjoyable i can't remember which way around it was <laughs> i mean towards the end it was probably the least enjoyable session gotcha. the body yeah <laughs> i can imagine i can imagine but uh yeah not something you want to kind of six weeks of that wow um yeah. unbelievable but um tell us a bit about dr tom because not many of us will ever have an opportunity to kind of spend much time in his presence uh let alone train with him for, for three months uh what, what's what's the the man behind the persona like did you get much time to spend with dr tom kind of on a one-to-one -one basis or maybe after sessions what's the guy like um so yeah he he had a lot of time to talk to us um he really wanted us to sort of get as much as we could out of the experience he's he genuinely is a very lovely man he's quite quiet i'd say um in comparison to like some of the characters you can meet in in the wrestling world but he's very funny um i think it was towards the end when he was telling us about his funny suicide um which nobody finds funny apart from dr tom who really likes sort of drawings and animations of different ways that bunnies commit suicide and it's it's not funny at all but he, he laughs so much about it he's yeah a very sweet man <laughs> uh yeah sounds like a, a, a like say a good laugh to be around but it wasn't just a training was it because you uh, also had the opportunity to pick up some bookings while you're out there um how did these bookings arise in the first place because i don't know if you had any bookings planned or scheduled before you left the uk to go over to tennessee so i'm guessing that a lot of them were booked while you were out there tell us a little bit about how some of them were kind of booked and arranged while you were out there for three months yeah so we when we were out there we stayed with a lovely man called Jamal. um he had like a two-part house so he stayed with his family in like the bomb part and the four of us stayed in the top part. Um, and Jamal sort of works with Dr. Tom um, and does like the video stuff and technology stuff. Um, and yeah, he sort of arranged our first, our first like in a KFW. And then, uh, did he arrange the JCP one? I think he might have. Um, and then from there, we sort of networked. Um, we met a lovely, lovely, lovely couple called Axton and Haley. Um, I could talk for like days about them. Um, but yeah, they helped us out a load and we managed to get 
to a fair few promotions. Yeah, and, and tell us about some of the bookings, because having spoken to Jordan uh, on a very Jordan Sparks on a very similar subject, I know that uh, he and Toby picked up a lot of bookings as the blockbusters. Um, and uh, what about yourself? Uh, did you have uh, did you did you team with Echo at any of these bookings or was it more singles performances? Uh, tell us about some of the matches you had. Yeah, so I don't think I did team with Echo. I definitely wrestled Echo a few times. Um, so the first book I had was absolutely well was it the, the second book and i had was absolutely insane it was um against kylie alexa so she's nwa woman's tag champ um and that was at sort of her home promotion kfw and i don't know if people will be familiar with sort of like camp shows so it was very like camp show style wow. a lot of really really involved fans um yeah and it was such a fantastic experience you know she's she's a very 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 talented athlete um and it was just insane that like i got to wrestle her so quickly out there um, i definitely learned a lot yeah and i know that uh, i introduced you of course as the, the all-star ruby manitoba over here in the uk you do portray a, a cheerleader and i know that you've done a lot of competitive cheerleading over here in the uk which we will get to um but obviously when you burst through the curtains at these uh, kind of shows in tennessee and surrounding areas as a cheerleader which is more kind of typical of more sports you'd find in north america and having cheerleaders at american football games for example what sort of reaction or reception did you get from the fans when you came out um did they think that you were from america did they realize that you were from britain i mean yeah i think it is quite a, like i don't want to say character but it's quite an identifiable sort of figure cheerleader especially yeah. in america um so yeah, it it uh, my ring gear is all made from like cheer um, companies, so it's it's very like legitimate. So it, I definitely came across it's like yeah, that, that's the one, that's a picture. There you go. Um, yeah, so it was definitely really identifiable and like really relatable. I think for the fans there. Um, so obviously you get a big cheer. Um, I don't think they did notice that I was from the UK until I started speaking, and then they go, "Your accent's funny." <laughs> And uh, obviously, I'm assuming that you went out as babyface for most, if not all, of your matches. And uh, we kind of did you get over with the fans? Obviously, to the majority of them, that would have been the first time of them actually seeing you or being uh, aware of you or knowing the name, knowing the person. Um, and uh, by the end of the match, kind of how was the, the reaction of the fans? Had you gotten over with those audiences? Yeah, so it did depend where I wrestled. There were a few times where I was I was not so nice. Um, really? Okay. I don't yeah, think I've no, seen no. the heel side of Ruby Manitoba. That's yet to come. No, yeah, <laughs> yet, to, no, yet to come. <laughs> but no, I think, I think if you come out with a smile and like a lot of energy, I think that's what people want to see. That's what they're there for. Um, they, they want an experience. They want a fun show. They want just a fun night. So if you come out with a smile and a big kick and some cartwheels, everyone's everyone's always happy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, likewise, when I spoke to Jordan, he said that he performs with Toby in front of 900, 1,000 people. Uh, were you on them same shows? And if so, what was it like to wrestle in front of them large crowds? Yeah, so so that was at AML um, that they wrestled in, an insane match in front of a same insane amount of people. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't looked on those shows. I was more of the local shows. Yeah. Um, still, the, the crowd sizes were impressive. Um, but I think probably a bit, I don't know, my favourite shows there were the fair shows. So they do like county fairs and you'd be like, you know, they'd set up the ring, you could go look around the fairs, see the cows, um, and then wrestle a show. And it wasn't necessarily that the fans there were there to watch wrestling, but, you know, they'd stop and, and pass and, you know, sit down, cheer along. And I really enjoyed those because then you felt like you'd achieved something, you know, you got an audience in and, and yeah, I like those. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think probably one of, if not the 
biggest highlight of your time out there um, was uh, in and around the 75th anniversary of the NWA, of course. And there you are, ringside. Now, I understand that you were there to witness uh, the two-day pay-per-view, and you were also there um, as, as ring crew or to help out during the, the tapings as well. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience. And when you first found out that you were going to be there during that weekend uh, and the tapings as well, that must have been a huge thrill for you. Yeah, so so the four of us did did end up sort of begging Dr. Tom. We were like, can we please come along? Because um, he's an agent over at NWA. He's like, yeah, of course, come along, come along. So we all, yeah, yeah with Dr. Tom, um, we all sort of came along. We didn't realise we had to wear all black. So we came along in our funky outfits um, the first day. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, you should probably be wearing all black. Um, but everybody there was so so kind and was willing to help out and willing to like teach you anything you wanted to know um it was a really really lovely experience really loved it absolutely and uh, we, we spoke before we went live ruby and uh, spoke about uh, jordan and toby the blockbusters going out in a dark match during the yeah. tapings uh, after the paper obviously there was a couple of days of uh, tapings after the nwa 75 pay-per-view and uh, you told me that you also played a part in that match uh, so yeah. enlighten us tell, tell us about that because uh, not only is it is it massive for toby and jordan to go out there in a dark match in an nwa ring uh, but so did you yeah so i'll just First start, very, very, very proud of the Blockbusters. You know, they they did incredible. Um, they, yeah, absolutely incredible. Very, very proud of both of them. But, um, yeah, I was asked to manage them, which I've never done before. I was a bit nervous about. But they were obviously happy, happy Blockbusters. So all I had to do was just sort of get out, happy, be a stereotypical cheerleader. So I managed, I think, to pull it off. Um, it was definitely very, very, very nerve-wracking, but it was an amazing experience, yeah. And you've never uh, portrayed a, a manager before, I understand. No, no, never. <laughs> Only ever wrestled. <laughs> so many firsts, so many firsts. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you were out there for three months, but like I say, midway through your final month, uh, of course, you had the, the graduation, didn't you? And there was yourself uh, and all of the other graduates from uh, that 12 week period there you are at the front there uh, in your <laughs> gear so i'm guessing that you probably uh wrestled uh that same evening um but uh, tell us a bit about that because it's obviously a huge milestone a huge achievement um and uh, a moment that i'm sure you're exceptionally proud of um to know that you've gone through the the gpwa training uh, academy for for those three months um to tell us a bit about that experience and uh, of course graduating yeah, so I don't really know how I feel about it. First of all, we had a kerfuffle with the outfits because the graduation ceremony was just before the show. So, oh. yeah, so it's the graduation and then right into the show. Um, and I, I had this really lovely outfit planned. I was like, I'm going to wear this dress. I'm going to look stunning. It's going to be great. And then the promoter was like, no, you're on quite soon. You need to wear your ring gear. So I was no. like, well. <laughs> that's all my plans ruined um but yeah it was it was a really i don't know i don't want to say i was proud because that sounds a bit vain but it was it was good to get through it good to know that we got something out of going there besides all of the knowledge and all of the experience you know we've got that certificate now we have proof that we met doc um and trained with doc and yeah he was yeah. he he's not a very it sounds a bit weird he's not a very public person so if you if you make him speak in front of a load of people he's just sort of like Meh. so he just sort of shook your hand and was like well done <laughs> um, but yeah he he was <laughs> funny yeah and do you feel I'm guessing uh, this is uh, the answer to this, but a more accomplished wrestler and performer um, overall, you know, uh, and looking forward to showing what the, you know, what uh, the new version of Ruby Manitoba has to offer to the UK fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the fact that it was, it was 12 weeks, five days a week in the ring. You can't, you can't not get better after that. Um, 
you just learn to get so comfortable wrestling and being in a ring and being around other wrestlers that you you just it's physically impossible not to get better and the way dr tom teaches is so that you get used to doing a lot a lot of hard work and that's your natural state then from then on so you can you can push me as far as you want in a match you you got a new and improved Ruby Manitoba. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, as if, you know, you weren't fantastic beforehand, I uh, can't wait to see what the new and improved Ruby Manitoba looks like when uh, we, we meet tomorrow. And we'll talk about that uh, very, very soon. Uh, but one of the last times that we saw each other, uh, or one of the, the, the few times that we've seen each other this year, was at the, the Spinebuster TV tapings uh, in May in Nottingham from the House of Pain uh, gym, uh, Stix's gym, of course. And you were involved in uh, a number of matches. Let me just bring up my notes here. I think uh, that part of the, the Iron Scramble match uh, where you just got pipped at the post by Brad Matthews. I think it was like three falls to two and there was about six of you in that match. Uh, but that looks like a lot of fun, that match in particular. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a very, very busy ring <laughs> with yes. a lot of people. Um, but yeah, it was it was... The, the tapings themselves were absolutely an amazing experience. I did love it. Um, but I think, yeah, I wrestled Tyler Owens, did the scramble, and then Myla Gross as well. So it was a busy, busy time. Absolutely. <laughs> and I've got some, uh, some stills here of your match <laughs> with Tyler Owens. Um, a really fun match. Um, but uh, this is the match I, I really wanted to talk to you about uh, when it comes up. Yourself versus Myla Grace. And uh, you two had an absolute banger. It was so much fun. And uh, you came out You came out with a win. And uh, probably one of your... Am I right? You did win, didn't you? I did see that, correct? Yeah, I think so. I think you did, so. You did. It was a long night of tapings. Uh, easy to... But you had your arm raised. I'm pretty sure that that's correct. But I mean, yeah, that, that, that has be. to be one of one of your kind of uh biggest achievements in 2023 is getting a win over Myla Grace who former NXT UK renowned all over Europe one of the best female performers and getting to perform inside a ring with her albeit in front of no fans uh, <laughs> still, still a, a massive occasion for you yeah it was like I said the whole day was absolutely fantastic I do think that the no the no crowd thing always I don't know it feels very, very different. Um, but obviously, it was still a super competitive match. I'm shocked that if I did get the win, I got the win. But yeah, it, it, lovely, lovely experience. Oh yeah. no, the light's gone dark. Well, I think I've got to stand up. But <laughs> I can't do you need to clap or something? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a, a motion sensor light. We've been scuppered by uh, motion <laughs> sensor. But um, uh, what what I want to ask about next is uh, promos. And you mentioned that uh, you learned a lot doing promos with Dr. Tom over in Tennessee. And uh, we managed to do a good handful of promos and backstage interviews, didn't we, at the Spinebuster tapings. And I think, you know, I kind of messed up your name once or twice, maybe. But uh, admittedly, it was a long day of tapings. So I did well over nine interviews that day um but uh, promos uh is, is that something you're you feel that you're getting stronger at um especially after all the practice you did with me and of course with tom pritchard uh and is, is it something that you're still working at yeah it's it's something that i think a lot i mean i hope i hope no one's fine with me saying i think a lot of uk wrestlers do need to like I don't know, focus on promos more because when you go to America, everyone's so bold and so out there and so like excitable all the time. And then you come back to the UK and everyone's like, right, mate. Um, yeah, so <laughs> a bit more it reserved. Was really, it was really a goal to to get better at promos and to get more comfortable just talking and saying what I need to say. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully people will think I'm better. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, uh, a few people that have reached out to us during the course of uh, this uh, interview, and we've got uh, Riot Girls of Wrestling watching us. Uh, Eve, thank you so much. Uh, let that be a lesson to anyone watching, helping, uh, crewing or teaching at a wrestling show. Uh, if no uniform is provided, you should always wear all black. Thank you, Eve. 
as uh, a lesson <laughs> I'm sure Ruby has learned as well since the uh, NWA tapings. Um, but uh, thank you very much. And uh, what I want to speak to you about next, and we alluded to it earlier on, is uh, tomorrow. And uh, we'll take in less than 24 hours. We'll be in the same building again. Uh, in Watson Hall in Tewkesbury. And it's uh, for Southwest Wrestling. And it's a, a two-parter for them. And the first part, the first show that they're going to be running tomorrow in Tewkesbury is going to be the Warriors division. And you're very much part of that show. Uh, yourself versus Lucia Lee and Aluna. Um, like I say, three of the finest young female performers on the UK indie scene uh, are in the same match there. And like I say, all three of you have been on a, a fantastic rise on the UK indies and the US indies in your case. Uh, but uh, you, you must be looking forward to that one. I absolutely am. I think a lot of times I think I, I'm not looking forward to triple threats, but this one we all have completely like different styles of wrestling that I think when we get in the ring, it's, it's going to be either an explosion or some chaos but i i think it will go so so well um yeah i'm very excited obviously aluna is absolutely lovely and it's i i think i saw her yesterday yeah i did um it can't have been yesterday wednesday i think i saw her wednesday um and yeah, she just gets better every time I see her. And not to say that she wasn't amazing to start with, but you know, every single time, time I see her, absolutely, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. in shock on how amazing she is. And obviously, I've I've bumped into Lucia Lee a few times um, at some shows, and she's a lovely, lovely lady. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Have you worked um, either of them before? I think yes. So I've been in a triple threat with Lucia Lee um sort of a mini local promotion um and that was lots of fun i did spend most of my time on the outside but it was it was lots of fun um and then i think i've worked in a triple threat with a lunar too so yeah. never in a singles unless i'm wrong but never in a singles um, always in a yeah. triple threat and the always same again tomorrow <laughs> yeah I'll be very used to it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And if I'm not mistaken, we, we're going to talk a little bit about Southwest Wrestling. Of course, that show tomorrow um, is presented by Southwest Wrestling, and they got a part two uh, as part of their From Dusk Till Dawn uh, double header. Um, but am I right in thinking you made your debut for Southwest Wrestling at last year's Lake Fest? Um, if so, that I mean, I've not been to a Lake Fest. They ran it again this year. Looked like uh, a ton of fun. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it this year. But I say unfortunately, we were in America. So it was You're in America. You're doing time. bigger and yeah. better things, of course. <laughs> um, Lake Fest is an insane experience because you're wrestling in a tent that is boiling hot um, in the middle of a festival. So there's so much going on. But it was it was a lot of fun. And it was lovely to meet Pete. He's, he's a very funny man. Um, but yeah, it's who did I wrestle there? I definitely had a match with LA. Yeah, but a big learning curve. Hundred percent, yeah. So we're going to mention La Taylor a few times during the course of this uh, interview for sure. And another person we're going to mention a few times during the course of this interview is uh, Echo, um, and uh, somebody that you kind of started in the business with, came up through the ranks with, and uh, now. Southwest Wrestling had another Warriors uh, show, uh, a women's only show. I think it was maybe February this year from the Trinity Centre in Bristol. And the two of you, yourself and Echo, uh, wrestled each other on that show. Um, being as the two of you know each other very, very well, um, that must have been a fun match between the two of you. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a good one. I think me and Echo have known each other so long that sort of when we get in the ring, it's it's no holding back, you know, whatever you've got, we'll give it a go. Um, and it was, it, it was a really fun match and a really competitive match. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, one of the better ones we've had. We've wrestled, I think I've wrestled Echo more times than I could count. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was one of my favorites with him. Absolutely, for sure. And uh, one of the last times I saw you, in fact, the same month as the Spinebuster tapings, as a matter of fact, uh, was Southwest Wrestling's 
anniversary show. Uh, they call it Wrestleversary. It's Wrestleversary 3 from the Exmouth Pavilion um, in Exmouth, believe it or not. There you are. Uh, one of the headlining stars on the poster. Uh, that was the advertised match. Uh, I think it was a number one contenders Warriors scramble match, uh, but it was actually just a, a four-way in the end because Lucy Lee couldn't make that match. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. And uh, in the Exmouth Pavilion, a really, really nice uh, uh, grand venue on the, on the beachfront there. And yourself, Dominita and uh, Echo and L.A., uh, went to war in that match. And I, I got to see all that match when I wasn't doing backstage interviews and enjoyed the hell out of it. What are your memories? What are your recollections of that four-way? I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree. It was a very fun match. Um, I always enjoy seeing Dominita. Um, I I absolutely adore her. But, yeah, it's it was obviously me, Echo, and Ali trained together quite a lot. So, so it was... It was nice, yeah. It was putting it all out there. Absolutely, absolutely. And my recollections of the match was it was very physical. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the match being a scramble match went you know all around the ring. Um, and of course, you've got Dominator in there who you know he, he's uh, uh, you like to say she, she's a, a dominating female performer, uh, of course. And LA Taylor, Echo, yourself. And I spoke to LA after the match and we spoke about yourself in particular and we were so impressed with the, the fire the passion the energy uh, that you provided in that ring um and uh, you know she said that she's seen you come on leaps and bounds but that match I, I I've got to say hand on heart for me you were the star of that match just purely because of the fire and the energy and the passion you put into it <laughs> yeah I do get I do get a lot of energy <laughs> it's probably all the monsters but yeah i i do i do enjoy wrestling in a way that is i don't know i enjoy competing a lot and it means a lot to me and it's a good way to sort of build up all that energy and let it out in a match and it's yeah i always really love it and really enjoy it and, and there's always a lot of, I said, a lot of fire, a lot of passion, a lot of energy, but a lot of noise as well. Why don't you kind of do yeah. kind of, you know, really every single move, you kind of sell it with so much passion and so much energy. And uh, yeah, without sounding kind of negative, the, the noise as well, you really do put everything into it. Yeah, I mean, I am, I'm very aware that my voice is quite high and squeaky, so... But I think when I first started wrestling, I was very reserved about making noises because I was like, yes. oh, it's a bit embarrassing that no, just yell, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, and it really works, and I think it, it kind of suits everything you do, and uh, kind of it, it, it gives everybody that that attention towards you in the ring for sure. But uh, I can't wait to see you in your triple threat match tomorrow. Uh, but that match, that four way in Exmouth, was uh, one of my favourite matches from the night for sure, um, and uh, you were definitely a highlight of that match. Tell us a little bit about your, your wrestling fandom then, Ruby. And uh, when did wrestling first come into your into your consciousness? Um, and when did you first become a fan? So, um, it's quite a difficult question. So, I didn't know absolutely anything about wrestling until about, I'd say, a year after I started wrestling. Um, yeah, I know. It's quite interesting. Um, yeah, so me and Echo, we knew each other in school. Um and I did cheerleading, and I was getting, I don't know, I wouldn't say bored, but I wanted, like, a new challenge in life. So I heard Akko was doing wrestling, and I thought she was doing, like, jiu-jitsu or something. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll come along, that sounds lots of fun. Uh, and then I was dragged into the world of wrestling, um, not really knowing what it was or what to do. Um, and, yeah, it definitely took me a while to to get used to it all but i'm absolutely in love now so in terms of like who i'm a fan of and what i like watching is i don't know to be confirmed i suppose i'm just watching sort of as much as i can at the moment to just get a bit of history on wrestling because i think that's really important to know but i've also got work in school and <laughs> you're, a, you're a busy busy person with with uni work training performing and then finding the time to speak to me i don't know how you fit <laughs> it all in i really don't know how you fit it all in lots 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 of not sleeping in Monster Energy. <laughs> Monster, this episode needs to be sponsored by Monster Energy Drinks for sure. 
I don't think I've ever really interviewed anybody that kind of didn't really know anything about wrestling, started training, started, you know, uh, learning the, the ropes as a trainee without really knowing much about the, the sport or, and it's kind of a bit of a reverse process, but it certainly worked in your case. Yeah, I mean, it took a while to work. I will say that it's because anything athletic, I think I, not to sound vain, I think I'm quite capable at, you know, if you ask me to do a role, I'll do a role. If you ask me to hit someone, I'll hit someone. But the fact that you have to do that, you know, with a crowd around you in a match, I don't know, it just, it really confused me. Um, so yeah, it was it was definitely a big adjustment. Um, yeah, but I'm getting there. Well, you certainly are more than getting there. But tell me a bit about the cheerleading then, because I'm guessing the cheerleading came before your commencement of uh, professional wrestling. Yeah, so so I started cheerleading when I was eleven. Um, it was so it's i'm just going to clarify um it's all-star cheerleading so there's sideline cheerleading i i tell everyone this it's a big old friend um the sideline cheerleading which is what you usually see with the pom-poms and football and then all-star is like think of it like a gymnastics ball routine um but with stunts you know 20 to 30 girls on the mat stunts jumps dance tumbles which i'm not a big fan of um but yeah and it was like really a big passion of mine um and i can't describe why i think the routine of training is always going to stick with me and it, it's so valuable to have something that you're working towards and i think that's what i will always need and i needed at the time was you know to have a goal to have that next competition um and then working in a team as well you've got to you learn those sort of like social skills of oh i i don't like this person but i've got to get on with them because i'm going to be chucking them in the air and you know i don't want them to die <laughs> so, much like wrestling <laughs> much like wrestling yeah it, it's quite similar and then you get to the competition you leave everything that you have on the mat and you come off and you are proud of absolutely everyone in your team like yeah it's it's an experience that i can't describe i think more people should watch all-star cheer routines that's that's a big takeaway from today um but yeah i i started that i started in wales because that's where i grew up and then i moved to plymouth which i joined a team in plymouth called power athletics and i cannot say enough nice things about them they're really really lovely yeah <laughs> you've had some success haven't you i mean we, we spoke a bit off air but you have had some success you've won trophies you've won uh, meets or uh, competitions tell us a bit about your success as a an all-star cheerleader yeah um, so I, i'm told i should tell people more people this but i am a five-time national cheerleading champion so <laughs> so yeah as the competitions go you do sort of regional competitions and then you have i don't know what you call it bigger competitions and you have your nationals um i never went to worlds which is probably a good thing because it's expensive um but yeah i'm five-time national so that's a lot of fun very it's, it's not my not my thing to brag about it was the team's work and the coaches work and you know i was just a small part in that well, there you go. It's out there now. It's out there now on Wrestling with Jonas. <laughs> so it's, it's out in the, in the big wide universe. Um, but I mean, the, the, the parallels between the gymnastics element of being an all-star cheerleader and then learning to train as a professional wrestler, there's a lot of parallels there, isn't there, in terms of how you move the body, the, the roles and the way you kind of throw your body around and in a controlled in a controlled movement in a controlled atmosphere you could say um did that assist you and give you any advantages when learning as a pro wrestler yeah i think there were, there's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of differences i think okay. body weight control i think is the main is the main one is the main similarity you know you got to learn how to roll you got to know how to control yourself and know what you're doing and where you're going and I think that's the same in any any sport, but cheerleading really does drill that into you. So when I started wrestling, that came really really natural to me. Um, I think I think 
the biggest difference is in cheer when you get hit in the face you get hit and you smile because you're you're still like doing a performance you are you're performing to the judges and to the crowd um but you you want to seem happy um whereas in wrestling you don't need to do that which took me a while to to sort of figure out that when someone hits me i don't have to smile so yeah um that's i think the biggest the biggest difference Absolutely. And um, how, how have you been able to incorporate your all-star cheerleading into being a professional wrestler? I've seen a ton of your matches, a lot of your highlights, and there's a lot, a lot of Ruby Manitoba matches uh, to be had and to be viewed on YouTube, of course. So go and check out uh, all of the matches after watching this, of course. Um, but there, there is a lot of gymnastics elements to your in-ring uh, work repertoire um, and um, I'd say you do the splits, you do the high kicks, you do a brilliant um, uh, handspring uh, back elbow I believe it is and, and various other very athletic elements to your game. Um, so how have you kind of incorporated some of your gymnastics into your pro wrestling especially in your kind of in-ring repertoire? Yeah I think it, it it's a lot about I think moving like effectively in the ring you know if you if you run to the other side you run to the other side if you back handspring and then back elbow to the other side you've got like so much more power to you um and you get there quicker you know it's 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 a lot of fun you know um, i think tumbling really did help um me build what i'm doing in the ring um yeah and then also stunting as well because i was not a flyer i didn't go up in the air i was base so i don't lift many people in wrestling but i can you know i i won't have any problems lifting anyone up slamming them down you know it's a lot it's a lot of just fundamentals of sport i think that is a similarity and I've, I've got some pictures um, now. Uh, I think these are from, from possibly your, your early days in training. Uh, let me bring these up. And uh, the blonde hair. <laughs> I don't know whether that was short-lived, but uh, there you are. And uh, there you are, maybe a year or so in. But the Rubik's Cube. And now that was kind of part of your, your presentation to start off with. What was the Rubik's Cube all about? Good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good question. The coach at the time figured out I could solve a Rubik's cube and went, "That's a great, that's a great gimmick. You should sell loads of them. That'll be great for you." Um, but I don't think Rubik's cubes really trans translate well into wrestling, so that got dropped along with the blonde hair, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it now. Ruby Manitoba, Rubik's Cube, coming to a merch stand near you soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe they, but not now. Um, and a, a group of kind of female performers that you came up with, we've mentioned Echo. I think there was uh, Aurora as well, L.A. Yeah. Taylor. Uh, I think um, uh, one or two. It's got, it's got some pictures here of uh, the group of you in match graphics. Um, and... Uh, you are with that Rubik's Cube again. <laughs> <laughs> and like I say, yourself and Echo, you've you've had your battles over the years. And of course, you've had your battles with uh, L.A. Taylor as well. Um, but a good group of girls that you've kind of formed this bondship with. You came up uh, through school with Echo, of course. Um, but and, and you're still kind of intertwining with one another's career even through to today. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's one of those things where we live very, very south. Um, so when when we get to shows, it's usually like a group a group deal. So the amount yeah. of times that I have wrestled Echo, I cannot tell you. But you you learn from every single experience you have in the ring, and and yeah, I've really enjoyed every single one. Um, unfortunately, I don't think Aurora does it anymore. But um, no. Don't don't yeah. see her about on the scene, so no, that must be the case. But uh, uh, she she was very very talented when she was uh, working the shows a year or so ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely lovely lady as well. Absolutely, she made my first gym plan, which was a lot. <laughs> I, don't, 
I love the gym now, but I did not like her when she made my first gym plan. I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, just going to bring up uh, Echo there because uh, I think she's probably uh, one of the UK talents that you're most closest with. You've probably had the most amount of matches with her and you've teamed with her an awful lot as well. Uh, we spoke a lot about Echo, formerly Echo Reed, of course. I've had her on the show more than three years ago, very, very early days of wrestling <laughs> with Jonas. Um, but uh, she, much like yourself, she went through this uh, three months with Tom Pritchard over in Tennessee and uh, another awesome talent before she went over there, probably even more awesome now. Uh, but the, the, the amount of progression that she's had over the last few years has been phenomenal, much like yourself. Yeah, yeah. she She's one of those people who did not come from a sporting background that much. Um, but her passion for wrestling has really sort of helped her through. I say helped, she didn't need any help, but really helped her through and and made her the person and the wrestler that she is today. And yeah, I'm very proud of her. Absolutely. Going to have to get Echo back on the show for sure to have yeah. a follow-up to see, well, I know what she's been up to the last three years. She's been going onwards and upwards. But um, a couple of matches I want to talk about, and one company in particular uh, that really put a bit of spotlight on you towards the back end of last year, and that's Wrestling Society, uh, based uh, near me in the, in the southwest, uh, Bristol, Portishead. Um, and uh, you had a couple of matches for them at the back end of last year. I think early October was the first one. Um, and it was where my graphic comes up. Now, it was actually yourself versus Lana Austin. Now, um, you know, that a hell of a match, um, an yeah. awesome kind of opportunity for you, a, a brilliant kind of learning uh, opportunity for you as well, being there with one of the very best performers in the UK, male or female. Lana Austin has been there, done it, and, and she's one of the top performers in the UK for sure. For yourself to be given that opportunity to wrestle Lana, I'm guessing it was originally meant to be a triple threat with yourself, Lana and Nadia, um, but to have a one-on-one -on -one with, uh, let's, let's be honest, you know, a legend of the UK scene, Lana Austin, um, that must have been a maybe a little bit of a nerve-wracking experience for you, but a fun experience nonetheless. Tell us about it. Yeah, so so like you said, it was it was supposed to be a triple threat. So I was very unprepared for a singles match with Lana Austin. Um, I was hoping it'd be a pretty relaxed night, um, but it was like you said, it was absolutely insane. It it is up there with one of my favourite matches that I've had. She everything, like everything, just felt right and felt like it should. And I learned so so much from that match, and it it sticks with me a lot. Um, yeah. What, what what were some of the the main takeaways from that match, and especially wrestling? You know, uh, a, a vet like Lana, been on the scene for ten or fifteen years now. What what are some of the takeaways from yourself from wrestling somebody such as Lana Austin in that type of match? I mean, so you know, we spoke earlier about sort of increased fire and energy. That yes. was that was advice from Lana. Yeah, she so. Yeah, we were wrestling. She was like, don't be afraid, just go for it. Um, so, yeah, she she's really the reason why I was like, OK, I'll give it all I've got. You know, I'm not holding back now. So she really helped me. And I was like, she won't even remember the conversation about it. But, yeah, she really, really helped me sort of develop just Absolutely. a little bit, a little bit more fire. She, she's uh, partly responsible for the uh, Ruby Manitoba we see in 2023. And another fun match you had the following month for Wrestling Society. And you was in the ring with Lana Austin uh, again, but this way, this time. Uh, and I don't yeah, the graphic is going to work. There we go. Um, epic women's trios match. And it was Nadia uh, who did get in the ring this time with L.A. Taylor and Lana Austin versus yourself, Echo, and Lucy Sky. And uh, here's just some, some stills from that show from that match um and uh, there you are uh encouraging echo to make the tag and uh, a tremendous match was had by all six of you and uh, the baby faces came out on top uh, there we go uh, another really fun match another really fun experience um different circumstances different style of match what do you remember about that one yeah so i I definitely prefer singles matches. So when I booked in a tag, I'm sort of like, okay, we'll all oh, a triple threat. We'll see how it goes. But that's one of the ones where I was like, yes, it's it's a good match. Um, so for everybody, 
like it was lovely meeting Lucy. She told us this horrible story about breaking her arm and then showed us a video of her breaking her arm. <laughs> I was like, oh, don't we just read that? <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and yeah, I don't know what else to say about that one. It's wrestling site is a really, really nice place to wrestle. The fans are so into it and the matches are always gonna be sort of what you want them to be. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about your uh, training and, and kind of more recent training exploits. Um, first of all, your your wrestling style it is quite unique because there's a lot of gymnastics involved, and obviously you take elements of that from your uh, all-star cheerleading days. Um, but are there any other influences or inspirations that uh, have kind of guided your your wrestling style in particular um any, any heroes that you've taken bits from or any influences within the business that have guided you a particular way but talk about your your influences now uh, in the ring and maybe some of your inspirations as well yeah so like you said it, it, it's mostly sort of based on what i know from cheer um but one one lady that i absolutely adore is alundra blaze or medusa um i've watched loads of matches and that again is, is where you can see the fire and you can see sort of how confident and how capable she is in the ring and it's you know something that I would love to be able to have one day um there's also a lady named Nalia Hasaka I think I pronounced that right who I have discovered recently and she's absolutely insane and everyone should check her out and she's amazing and I want to I want to see her more but yeah, she's she was wrestling in the same time period as Alundra Blaze and Medusa. So. Say that name one more time. Malia Hazaka. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look her up. I'll have to check out some of, some of her action for sure. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, please continue. Say, she does. She does wrestle Alundra Blaze. You can find it on YouTube. It's very good. <laughs> Gonna have to check that one out for sure. Um, now we, we, we saw now let me, I'll bring that picture up again. We saw <laughs> the early days of Ruby Manitoba, and uh, we know what you what you look like now. There you are, the more kind of souped up, the more uh, recent version of Ruby Manitoba. Where do you see your character going? Is there a, a more uh, evolving? Is there an evolution of Ruby Manitoba uh, around the corner? How would you like your character to evolve, especially after having? Uh, that that fantastic experience over in the states and everything you've learned uh, coming back, you know, a souped-up, improved Ruby Manitoba. Where do you think the the character goes from here? Yeah, I mean, there was, there was such a difference between those two photos. Um, yeah, I think I think my main focus at the moment is to just obviously continue training with Eddie Bryan and down at New Wave, um, and just to get stronger. You know. I'm the all-star Ruby Manitoba, but I really, I want to encompass that. And, you know, I want to be the athlete that people should see me as. So get to the gym, get nice and strong. Um, yeah, that's where it's going at the moment. But I'm really enjoying the journey so far. 100%, 100%. And uh, you spoke about Eddie Ryan. Of course, you are uh, a regular trainee, a regular student at the brand new Lion's Den Pro in yeah. Plymouth. Um, and uh, I mean, what, what, what's the guy like uh, as a coach? I mean, I got to know Eddie reasonably well, uh, working with him at shows at Southwest Wrestling and various others. Um, a hell of a performer in the ring, arguably one of the very best in the UK. Um, as a coach, I don't know him so so much or so well as a coach, but you do. Um, have you been down there much since returning back to the UK? And uh, how's it been down at Lions Den Pro? Not as much as I want to be. Um, we've been busy. Um, but yeah, so it, it's it's Josh and Art and Eddie Ryan um, coaching down at the Lion's Den. And it's it's some of the best training, I think, that you can get in, in the UK right now. Um, I don't know how to phrase this. It's, you won't go to a wrestling session there and be like, oh my God, that was so exciting. I learned so many cool things. But you will come away from every single session thinking, I know what I need to do next. I know I know that I've made a few little steps in my journey to becoming what I want to be or who I need to be. Um, and what I will say about Eddie is he pays so much attention to the details um that you cannot escape you cannot escape anything nothing slips him um yeah and then josh as well of course is 
absolutely lovely coat. Too kind, far too kind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, fantastic. Fantastic to learn from both of them. There we go. We, we, we had some questions that came through before we went live. Let's uh, bring a couple of them up now. And the first one is uh, from uh, Darren Ewan. Uh, would you like to compete over in Japan if you had the chance? Obviously, you've competed not just in the UK, over in the in the US. So you are international, Ruby Manitoba. Um, but uh, Japan, I'm guessing, is on your, your bucket list. Uh, I'm hoping so. How would you like to answer Darren's question? Yeah, of course. I mean... The chance to wrestle, like I said, I I when I started my wrestling journey, I didn't know much about wrestling. So the chance to learn and to have as many matches in as many places as possible is my absolute dream. So yes, I would love to. <laughs> and uh, another question you mentioned very briefly uh, new wave uh, down yes. in south wales and uh, i think that they were your, one of your uh, regular training uh, academies training schools uh, for a while before lions den uh, came about and you still go there i believe but a uh, question from richie friend of the show uh, where will you be coming back to new wave in south wales and uh, second part of the question what are your goals for 2024 so the first part uh, kind of coming back to new wave i know that you train there i think you performed on a few of their shows as well if i'm not mistaken yeah so I, i've been on one of their shows so far um which was a fantastic experience it's it's lovely to train there and their shows are even nicer than their training which you don't think is possible um i don't know when i'll be back but hopefully soon you know you can always ask <laughs> um uh, what are my goals for 2024? Yeah, big it's... question. Uh, probably the, the most difficult question that's been asked during the last hour of this interview. So thank you, Richie, uh, for putting our guests on the spot there. <laughs> but uh, what, what <laughs> goals do you have? We, we spoke a bit about the, the evolution of the character, the evolution of Ruby Manitoba. But uh, do you have any goals or aspirations going forward? I mean, yeah, I do. I, I really want to wrestle. And this is purely very, very selfish. I really want to wrestle Nina Samuels, Sky Smithson, or Danny Luna. So that's that's it doesn't even have to be in 2024. I will wait until I'm 60 to wrestle any three of those women. Um but yeah, those those are my goals eventually. Um and hopefully to just pop my face in a few new few new promotions. It it would be lovely to sort of branch out a little bit. It's going to happen. It's going to happen for sure. Um, before we ask you for your socials, just a quick reminder for those that are still watching us at home or listening uh, on the audio playback uh, next week. Uh, commences my fifth or five-year anniversary of wrestling with Jonathan. I can't believe that we've been going every single week, multiple interviews, multiple shows uh, for the last five weeks, uh, five years. And uh, there is a bit of a, a snapshot, fantastic artwork there from Elliot93 of my guests, my lineup. And it starts next week, uh, Wednesday, the 1st of November. I've got renowned UK referee, former NXT UK referee, former World of Sport referee, uh, not the original one back in the 70s and 80s, but the, the reboot from a few years ago tom scarborough will be coming onto the show i can't wait to speak to tom on the first of november um and then the following week i've got uh, session moth martina and uh, she's going to be a wonderful guest one of the biggest characters on the independent scene would we'll be talking about uh, uh, rise in the business to being one of the very best independent workers uh, worldwide um, and another top name we've got towards the end of the month, I think this is the 27th of November, if I'm not mistaken, Lana Rostin. Uh, but so many more, um, including my Legends Masterclass interview with uh, Johnny Saint, Dirty Dango, Leon Cage, Nico Angelo and uh, Kira Chimera. Um, but uh, back to my wonderful guest there, Ruby Manitoba. And Ruby, I, I will have scrolling along the bottom of the screen your socials. But if any of my followers, viewers, listeners want to get in touch, uh, want to say hi, want to learn more about Ruby Manitoba, uh, where can they do so? I would probably go to my Instagram, like, first. That's where I post most of my content. I should probably be a bit better at posting equally. But uh, my Instagram is at Ruby underscore Manitoba. Um, Manitoba is about M-A-N-I-T-O-B-A. And then I'm Ruby Wrestler on Facebook. I should probably change that to Manitoba too. But <laughs> <laughs> take <the> time. <laughs> 
That's all right. But uh, I had a, a ton of fun doing my research on your Instagram and on your Facebook and through YouTube and there are tons of uh, review Manitoba matches uh, on YouTube, of course. Um, but uh, any merch in the pipeline? I mean, like I say, you're a very likable baby face. Likeable baby faces tend to have a T-shirt or two. What about yourself? Yeah, so it's, it's been in progress i've been thinking about it um i might get some t-shirts soon so i do sometimes bring eight by tens to shows so if you're lucky random potluck you might get one um but yeah t-shirts maybe soon hopefully soon. in the works in the in works the there we go. But uh, it's been awesome having you on as a guest uh, for episode 329 of Wrestling with Jonas. Um, if you've got any any parting words, any final messages uh, from Ruby Manitoba to sign us off this episode of Wrestling with Jonas to your fans, friends, followers at home, uh, or maybe your rivals at Southwest Wrestling tomorrow. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, but uh, any any final words to sign us off from Ruby Manitoba? Um, just thank you, everyone, for, for listening. And thank you, Jonas, for having me. Um, My it's- pleasure. It's not been as terrible as I thought it would. I've been less awkward. <laughs> You've been a wonderful guest. Looking forward to seeing you work tomorrow in that triple threat uh, from dusk till dawn for Southwest Wrestling. Uh, but you're a, a wonderful talent, a wonderful guest, and I'm really, really excited for your future. But uh, Ruby Manitoba, thank you very much. Thank you.